Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number two of Big Bets here at South Point Casino and Hotel. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw coming at you. A lot of fun having Wes Reynolds on. In hour number one, we've got the big unit. Randy Johnson going to join us uh, in about 15 minutes. So can't wait to catch up with Randy uh, back in Seattle and talk all things baseball with the big unit. But let's stay on the football motif, if we could, for one segment longer. Now, I'm not going to burn the Kirk Cousins MVP ticket at 50 to 1. And I know Kelly's got 100 to 1. He got a much better number than I did. They feel like dead numbers today. It's week two, people. Can we relax or is it dead in the water? Because what happens is Kirk in primetime is awful. I believe he's now 2-10 and 10 all time in primetime. So when people, America, voters, this, these are voted on awards people, and narrative streets do happen. Do we now say, I got to exclude Kirk Cousins no matter what he does the rest of the way? Well, first of all, um, you've got the Buffalo Bills ranked number one in your power rankings and all these other teams, and you're critical of the fact that I didn't have Minnesota in there. Yeah. What is this based on? One game? So can't we have an overreaction based on two games? We can. Okay. <laughs> By the way, uh, Kirk KC8 is now nine and eighteen. Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> that is a three thirty three winning percentage on Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and uh, Thursday Night Football. Hey, the rest of the way, he's five fifty three. That's a fifty one forty one and two. You know, this was said about Ben Simmons when he came out of LSU. Oh boy, there are certain guys. If you're a winner, if you're a Ben Simmons, a six foot ten guy who's going to be the first pick in the draft, you got to figure out a way to get your team to the NCAA tournament. Kirk Cousins at Michigan State, I understand he didn't have the same talent. Be Russell that, Wilson. That's fine, but 
you didn't have a ton of talent, and still you got to find ways to be a winner. I, I just look at the guy and said, and you covered him in Washington, or you, yeah. when he was in Washington. Yes. I mean, is the guy really a guy that's a difference maker, or is he just a guy? I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I saw. You know, you remember RG3 was picked, uh, what, second overall by Mike Shanahan back then. Yep. Right? Kyle was on the staff. And then they drafted Kirk in the same draft in the fourth round. And went, oh, why, why would they do that? Why would you draft another quarterback? It's kind of like what we're seeing in Philadelphia. Right? You go, well, why would you draft Jalen Hurts when you thought you already had the guy in Carson Wentz? Well, we see now why you do this. Right? So, by the way, Jalen Hurts' number after last night was going to get shorter. So let's look at the MVP market now. And look, I think you made the point about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. He's still the favorite. He was the favorite. He was about plus 650 when the season began. Now, that's been cut. Plus 350. We talked about Roy Jones Jr. Y'all must have forgot Patrick Mahomes. He was 9-1. to one, Now he's 5-1. to one, Right? Look at Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts is third on the board. 10-1. to one, Tied with Justin Herbert. I mean, look. City of Brotherly Shove today. They are just ecstatic by what they've seen so far. Well, look, I was completely wrong on Hurts so far. Um, I was like, this guy can't play. He's not good. But the reality of it is he's been outstanding. I think, though, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are still at a different level. Hurts, though, has been an absolute difference maker. And I think the one thing that you have to give him a ton of credit for is the decision-making. Yes. It feels like he knows when the right time to run is, when to throw the football. The throws have been incredibly accurate. Um it's still a long way to go, obviously, and I'm just being facetious when I talk about Cousins being eliminated from the MVP <laughs> race, but just the way Allen right now, the plays he's making, Patrick Mahomes, Man. I mean, you know, it's like, look, I know it's a long way to go in their careers, but they feel like barring injury and them going just off the deep end, these guys are like, forget MVP level, these are Hall of Famers. Totally. I mean, Mahomes is probably already there almost, because if you put Terrell Davison based on four years, then Mahomes is definitely in, um, but... <laughs> You know, Josh Allen, to me, is playing at such an elite level, and this team has a focus. And they realized they made a mistake. They should have squib-kicked that kickoff. Yeah. And otherwise, they would have moved on. And by, by the way, real quick, Kansas City and Buffalo, they got to sit there and go, Cincinnati at home and then the Rams. You talk about leaving a ring on the table. I mean, you're right. I mean, they, that, they should have been there last year. Yeah. What's really amazing about this, you and I both – told people before the season began that we both liked Lamar Jackson at 20 to one, right? That's not down to 12 to one. So by the way, the loss against Miami doesn't hurt Lamar in the MVP talk. Cause he was that dynamic. The defense let him yeah, down. Exactly. It didn't, it didn't hurt him. Also, Justin Herbert losing uh, to Patrick Mahomes. Those numbers are still pretty close, right? So those guys didn't get <coughs> really Excuse hurt. Me. Bless you. Thank you. In the, uh, in the conversation, Kirk is back to 50 to one. I think he got hurt. Kyler Murray. At thirty to one is now tied with Derek Carr at thirty to one. There's no way you get if you made me invest right now. I couldn't invest in DC. I'd have to in, invest in King Kyler at thirty to one at those price tags. Well, yeah, if you're looking at Carr and Murray, I'd go Murray just based on the number. But here's why I would actually just eliminate Kyler Murray: the okay. fact that this guy almost got three delay game penalties in the fourth quarter in overtime <laughs> alone. What the hell are you doing at quarterback? Uh, fourth down. I'm sorry. On the two point conversion from the two yard line, you get a delay game penalty. I mean, it worked out for them, fortunately. But, I mean, how do you make that mistake? Do you think some of these other quarterbacks, do you think Mahomes is making that mistake? No. you think Brady's making that no. mistake? I'm not even going to mention Rodgers because he's not making that mistake. He says to Matt LaFleur when well, we're going to take a timeout. LaFleur, <laughs> ask him, can we take a timeout? By the way, Aaron is 25-1 to 1 to go three-peat. He's drifting in the market. 
I, I'm a little bit surprised by that. Not, why? not saying I. You're, you're, why are you surprised by that? Well, because again, underwhelming week one, but it wasn't really Rodgers' fault when you got these kids playing wide receiver and Watson can't catch a pass that we talked about would have changed the complexion of that week one game. Like to me, Rodgers got it has a chance to improve. Like let's say they win the division again. Yeah. Let's say they win twelve games. Right. Thirteen. They right. won thirteen last year. They're going to say that's because of one guy. One guy only twelve. What don't you think? He's got the most most growth because of the, you're expecting growth from the receivers. You make an excellent argument for why you could bet Aaron Rodgers or why he should get consideration, but I think it's kind of like the Jordan effect. Mm. Michael should have been the MVP every year he played, but it's like, what are we going to do? Give him the MVP 12 years in a row? Right. I mean, so I think sometimes the numbers he'd have to put up this year, it's the same reason why Lamar didn't win back-to-back when he had a better year than the year he won the Heisman. I think they, they set the bar against you for yourself. So it's like voter fatigue. They go, I don't want to vote yeah. for this guy again. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, everyone seems to vote the same people into Congress every time. Mm. And I think it's why some people might argue Shohei Otani should win it every year. But he won't win it every year because we don't want to give the unicorn. One of those clowns is sitting to my right. Who's that? I don't know. Named Josh Towers or something. <laughs> no, don't. Josh is, is my favorite Twitter <laughs> handle of all time. <laughs> Let's talk about Offensive Player of the Year odds. And this is what I call the non-quarterback award. Yeah. But yet there's a quarterback in the first, uh, two quarterbacks in the first page. Josh Allen at 18 to one, Lamar Jackson at 18 to one. So if they don't win MVP, then do they fall into this category? Or do we have to say, let's give somebody else an award, not just a quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I don't think the receivers get enough credit in terms of what they do. Um, JJ didn't have a particularly great game yesterday, but you know, a lot of it's predicated upon the quarterback. How is Jonathan Taylor still plus seven fifty? Are they going to give him the ball? Well, I mean, when you see Matt Ryan dropping like a bag of bag of (laughs) bricks, I don't even understand why. There isn't even a thought to keep running him more. Um, how about Stephon Diggs at 9-1? Bang. You just hit the name that I love on that board. Like, he and Josh Allen, it's, yeah. they're like touchdown machine right now. And I know they've got, they, they've got a lot of talent at the wide receiver position, but it does feel like it's still Steph and Josh making this thing go. I would agree with you. And I'll tell you what, we're going to find a lot about Buffalo in the next four weeks. They've got Tampa. They've got Kansas City. And they've got a couple other games in there that are challenging. They run those games. This team's going to be really interesting where they wind up record-wise. I saw some tweets out there last night. This, oh, they they're going to go seventeen and zero. I mean, like I, the the what is it? The seventy-two Dolphins? Are they still yeah. waiting to pop the champagne once the Bills lose? Somebody it, should hit them with that champagne bottle. <laughs> Mercury Morris. It's my favorite thing every year to see Mercury out there popping the bubbly. Uh, so you look at the Bills' schedule, and you mentioned the potential hiccups. Is this week a potential hiccup? Against Tua Tungavailoa. Well, I'll tell you what, this is a very important game because remember, Miami's already 1-0 in the division. They're 2-0 within conference play because they beat the Ravens. Buffalo has the win against the Rams, which is out of conference. I'm just looking at it from tiebreaker scenarios. So if you can win this game on the road, you're at Baltimore, you're at the Chiefs. Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't the Buccaneers. They played the Packers, but... They've got, they've got some challenging games coming up. Uh, Kansas City is just going to be a monster, right? Like revenge on the brain. What was it, eight seconds, whatever it was, seven seconds? Yeah, that, I still can't believe they didn't win that game. But, I, like, the, the schedule is not easy. They've well, got no, trip I mean, ups there. You play one of the toughest schedules in the league based on the record. But right. uh, the game against Miami, here's the thing. I, I think that, you, you know, you talked about you can't handle the truth. I'll tell you the one that we should have had also in there besides Jimmy Garoppolo. Who you got? The Miami Dolphins. They've they played well for. Am I wrong? I know, Dave. Listen, I understand your champagne and the campaign is down there for the Miami. <laughs> listen, I'll give you some hookups when you get down to South Florida. But the bottom line <laughs> is, man, let me tell you something right now. They're not as good as people think they are. 
They played poor football against an average New England team. New England wasn't overwhelming against the Steelers. No. And we saw a quarter and a half of good football from the Dolphins in Baltimore. How do we not flex that game? I know you can't flex in week three. But that feels like a game, you know, it's an early start down there in the fish. Right now, they're getting five and a half at home. I wish we had a camera on Josh Towers, because when I asked if this is a potential hiccup spot, he just shook his head no. Vehemently, no. Like, no. Like, you got to back the bills here. Yeah, by the way, I noticed he's not saying anything during this segment because his Ravens took it on the chin, blowing a 21-point lead. Um, And as did I, by the way. I had the Ravens (laughs) in that game. Uh, But, you know, when you talk about situations and errors, here's the problem in South Florida. There won't be enough fans there. It'll be the Bills Mafia that are at the game. That is a problem. Why don't they? Why don't they go to Dolphins? It was a Don Shula and Dan Marino walking because nobody's that door. from there, Dave. Nobody's yeah, from there. Nobody's, York, nobody's from there. Nobody wants to go to Miami Gardens for a game. Yep. And the other thing is, you have so many other varied interests. You see the same thing in Southern California. Warmer climates tend not to draw as well in terms of uh, single singular sports at times. Are you guys saying it's a bad fan base? Oh, it's horrific. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> It's not bad. It's horrific. <laughs> it's even worse than bad. Yeah, like, I look at it, and you guys are right. There is, there's going to be a lot of New Yorkers in that stadium on a Sunday, right? But I, I do look at the number, and I, I'm starting to believe a little bit with what Mike McDaniel's doing with Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, the numbers are there. I, they don't lie. The guy threw for almost five bills last week in six tutties. Also, if you're from Western New York, Dave, you live there, you yeah. know this. You got a better chance now going to see a game in South Florida than you do in Orchard Park because nobody's giving you tickets this year to see the Bills. No, and the Buffalo Wings are going to run out of those. When we come back, it's time to have the big unit, one of the best to ever do it in the bigs, join us and talk all things baseball. Can't wait to get his thoughts on that. Come on back with Randy Johnson right here on Vista, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free does sleeping hot keep you up at night meet the lisa chill collection these cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool to the touch cover zoned springs and comfy foam layers say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed 
Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter the free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotel tickets to the races, plus a $1,000 betting voucher from one ST bet. Head over to VSIN.com slash horses to register now. Back alongside Amal Shaw, I'm Dave Ross. We roll on here with VEASAN Big Bets. And what a pleasure to have two former Major League pitchers on for the next segment. Of course, our own Josh Towers, who you can follow at No Don't Josh. Great Twitter handle. And, of course, it is great to have Josh here in studio with us because we want to bring you in, obviously, to talk to Randy Johnson, one of the best pitchers ever to grace the major leagues. Randy, of course, is going to join us from Tulip Casino and our radio partner at Hubbard Stations in Seattle so, Randy, it's great to join you as well. But I got to defer to our own major leaguer, Josh Towers, to start the line of questioning <laughs> for one of the greatest we've ever seen pitch in the majors. We got him, Randy. You there? What? I'm, I'm here. What's your question? Oh, we got a lot of questions for you. First off, <laughs> we want to know what you're up to. What's going on at the casino? Well, I'm up here in uh, Tulalip uh, for the uh, grand opening at the uh, Tulalip Resort Casino for the in the sports book here. And so uh, the uh, opening is now official. I've made my first uh, my first ten dollar wager on USC winning the national championship, and uh, other people are following suit. But uh, yeah, the sports book is officially opened up here in Tulalip now. That sounds like a good time. We can hear it in the background. Speaking of betting teams to win championships, you know you used to play for Buck Showalter. There's a lot of talk about the New York Mets around here. I know Dave's a big fan of the Mets. Come on. How do you feel that uh, Buck and the Mets will do in the postseason if you've been following a lot of baseball? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, key word there, if I had been following a lot of baseball. <laughs> I mean, naturally, they're naturally <laughs> I might be in Arizona or Seattle, but I have no affiliation with the New York Mets, so I haven't really been paying much attention to what they're doing, but uh, I know that they're doing well. I, I know that uh, you know we have about two weeks left of the season, and I think uh, you know it's they're going back and forth uh, with the Atlanta Braves, I believe, for uh, who's, who's going to win the division. 
Absolutely, Randy. And again, right now, the Mets uh, about plus five to one here uh, to win the World Series this year. I got to ask you first, you, you said you made your first bet, a $10 wager. What was it on? Was it on a baseball game today? No, no. It was on USC, my old school that I went to college at. Uh, they were off to a 3-0 and start, and uh, the wager was that they would win the national championship. Oh, I love that play, Amal. What do you think of that play? Well, listen, I think the Trojans are off to a good start, but uh, fortunately, fortunately for him, he's got some extra shekels, so he'll be needing it after the season. 12 to 1 for, for the Trojans to fight on. Well, Randy, I want to ask you. you well, we'll see what. Go ahead, sorry. Now, now, you know, now you know why I don't make my. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to ask you about something that you experienced. When you were in Seattle, you had, to play, you had an opportunity to play with a young kid by the name of Ken Griffey Jr., mm-hmm. who was a superstar. There's a young superstar in Seattle right now. Maybe a lot of the country doesn't see him because of the time zone and everything like that. Julio Rodriguez. This kid has been outstanding. This team has really been able to turn things around. Tell me what your thoughts are on this team. I, I really believe this team probably has the second best pitching in the American League when we get in the playoffs. And they're a good dark horse because I love the way Robbie Ray, Castillo, uh, Logan Gilbert, these guys can put it together. I think they're a dangerous, dangerous team, and I think they're being overlooked. Well, you know, I, I don't follow uh, the the Mariners as much as you may think I do, <laughs> along with the, the New York Mets. I, I live in Arizona, and I work for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Unfortunately, the chances of them getting the World Series are, are not very good this year. Uh, but I will say that any team that you're rooting for to get to the World Series better have at least two starting pitchers. Uh, to get through five game, you know, get through five game series, and then obviously you got you get into the the next series, and those are seven game series, the best of, and and you got to have pitching uh, to to get through those uh, those longer series. Uh, you know, runs are going to be a premium, and that's why you got to have a pitcher to go up against your opposing team. Randy, uh, one, it's just great to to pick your brain about Major League Baseball. I got to ask you about Shohei Otani because right now, obviously, Aaron Judge is, is the leader in the clubhouse here to win MVP. C- could you give it to Otani every year because we just have never seen anything like this where you have arguably a top five uh, pitcher and a top five hitter? He's 18 to 1 to win the MVP this year. Judge, the overwhelming favorite. What do you make of what you've seen from Shohei Otani since he's coming to Major League Baseball? He, he's, he, he's doing the unthinkable right now. He's doing something that that Babe Ruth didn't even do. Babe Ruth didn't pitch for multiple seasons and be hitting multiple home runs in those seasons. Uh, Babe Ruth was a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, and then he got traded to the New York Yankees, and that's when he became, you know, the infamous uh, slugger that he became. Uh, But Otani is doing both. Uh, every fifth day, and and uh, what he's doing is unprecedented. Uh, winning games and uh, hitting home runs, and and uh, it, it's often said to a pitcher that you know you can be your your own best friend by knocking in uh, runs when you're pitching, and he actually does it. Yeah, I think Randy. I think people don't understand the 
like how hard it is to do both the preparation that you put in every fifth day to go out as a starter, but on the other days you're preparing to be a hitter. I think it's underestimated, but again, what Aaron Judge is doing is so impressive. Hey, real quick, I want to go back to what you said, the advice you gave about winning in the postseason in the World Series, because we've seen you do this, obviously. Um, in today's day and age, we don't let starters go as deep as guys like you, right? We have some good ones, but we don't let them go, and so we jump into that bullpen a lot earlier and then we have a tendency to put the starters in the pen and reuse them in a role they're not comfortable with. How do you feel about that? Is it, is it more bullpen-based now, or are you okay with starters going in the pen? Oh, I, I never did that. I mean, you didn't I, well, I, mean I shouldn't say that. I, I, was, I was a starter, and then they wanted me to come out of the bullpen after I would start games, which is, you know, it's happening, and it's happened – you know, since I did it uh, for the Mariners in 95, and then obviously in 2001, I did it with against the Yankees in the World Series. But it's happening in a different format, whereas the starting pitchers only go five, six innings because for whatever reason, a pitch count, uh, and you're not maximizing the most out of your starting pitcher, uh, you know, for the, for the manager, it's all about matchups. And I think that, you know, um, I think during the regular season, you're doing starting pitchers a disservice because you're never going to let those starting pitchers grow and become the possible dominating pitcher they can become because you're taking them out of a situation. You're bringing a bullpen uh, reliever in to get them out of a situation that that's what they'll grow from as a pitcher based on the experience of having that. And you don't see that as much because the players uh, – Older generations, the uh, the ones that are still playing, the Scherzers, the Kershaws, the Verlanders, you know, they have a little bit of a longer leash, and they have, you know, history on their side that when they were playing as a younger player, they they understood the pitch counts uh, could get extended. Well, in today's game, it's changed where I'm telling minor league pitchers. Uh, of the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, minor league system when I go visit them, that you have to work within 95 to 105 pitches. And in order for you to be successful, you got to use all those pitches and go deep in the game. And the way you're going to do that is by throwing first pitch strikes, not walking hitters, and maximizing ground balls and getting out of innings quickly. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, it's a real pleasure to have a – you know, just a 10-time All-Star and a five-time Cy Young Award winner join us uh, from Seattle. Very quickly, it's just about a, in 30 seconds or less, if there was one hitter you want to face today in today's game, who would you like to face? What's that? If you could face any pitch, uh, any hitter in Major League Baseball today, who would you like the challenge uh, of facing and trying to get out in today's game? I don't know if we. I think we've uh, lost Randy. Question. That's okay, Randy. We're gonna we're gonna try to get get the connection figured out. But we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Enjoy your time at the new casino up there in Seattle. All right. I think we've lost Randy. Can't hear us. But I, I would love to know well, who we'd like to get out. Would it be Otani? Well, listen, he would was so judge? he was so good and such like a menace on the mound. Like you were so intimidated, and I don't think anybody would want to face him. So, like, <laughs> he's like, I'll take them all on. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask him, but we ran out of time, is like, I wanted to know how beneficial it was when he faced the lineup the third time through the lineup, and how like again we're setting you up the whole time, right? I'm right. like, there's things I do in your first step out that I won't do to you, or I'm saving to do to you later. There's situational hitting, nobody on base. How I'm going to challenge you? Randy's massively different in the way he threw, right? Six eleven coming solder. I'm throwing 100 miles an hour. It was a big difference, but. He's so right with, like, 
all right, you got 95 to 100 pitches. How are you going to use this? Which is a question that's never asked. How are you no. going to use these pitches? Are you just going to go out and randomly throw them for no reason? What are you going to do? Well, I like that mindset that he just gave us. And, and, Josh, one of the greatest games that I recall that Randy was a part of the team, that was when Seattle came back against the Yankees. If you remember that game, David Cohn had pitched into the eighth inning of that game, like a 4-4 game. It was like in the 140s in the pitch count, and they were still going with Coney. You just yeah, never awesome. see that stuff that Randy yeah. saw back in the day, but a real pleasure to have uh, the big unit join us here. And, Josh, great having you here Thank you. in studio as always. Come on back with deep uh, dive into the NFL when you come back with us right here on Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, 24 7 video season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. We've got pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips updated every hour with actual insights to help up your betting game. Sign up for a discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with the annual subscription and bet smarter all season long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. A pleasure having Josh Towers join us last segment, talking to the big unit. Not every day you talk to a five-time Cy Young Award winner. Uh, sounds like Randy's having a good uh, time up there as they open up that new casino in Seattle, making his first bet on USC to win the college national championship. And I know you thought, that's $10 you just gave to charity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll see how that works. But Randy, it was a pleasure having him on. Let's get to the NFC and the AFC West. Let's talk about how the West might be won. We'll start off with the NFC. We talked about the Niners. I'm a big believer that now the Niners price at plus $1.40, in case you missed the first hour, is really in play uh, now that Jimmy G is going to be the guy. Now, the problem there is if you lose Jimmy G, then what do you have? Because, by the way, the Niners might have been the only team in the entire landscape of the NFL that could lose their starter in week two and be better off for it. I don't know that you could find another team that you go, the backup could potentially be better than the starter. They might have been the outlier there. So they're the only team that could afford an injury, and that's the one that happens too. Like, you take Matthew Stafford off the, the Rams. Take Kyler Murray off the, the Cardinals. All right, the Seahawks, however you feel about Geno Smith, I don't know that they're in play at 18-1 to to win this division. But let's talk about the one in three teams on this betting market here. The Rams at plus $1.10 and the Cardinals at plus six fifty. It was such an improbable win Arizona out here in the desert. Does that change your opinion at all? And their win total at seven and a half of how you look at the Cardinals after somehow pulling that one out of the jaws of, of defeat. Well, I mean, let's see how they respond in the next game, because I think let's see if that momentum carries them beyond uh, just that fourth quarter and overtime. I think that'll be crucial when you look at this team moving forward. Um, if they can respond, then I think it'll be something that we look back on. If not, then I just think it'll be a, more of a thing we look at the Raiders and say, hey, they allowed one to get away. Because mm-hmm. if you remember last year, Seattle, before Russell Wilson got hurt, they blew one early. It might have been week two as well, at home to Tennessee. And it kind of vaulted Tennessee uh, as their season went on, and they get, ended up being the number one seed. I'm not saying that's going to happen for Arizona. Right. Right. But it can sometimes, you pull one of those miraculous victories out, 
all of a sudden it changes the way that locker room feels. The Rams, obviously disappointing week one against Buffalo. And then they didn't cover the number against Atlanta and tried to figure out ways almost to lose that game last week. They didn't. They hold on and win by four. They're the favorites to win this division at plus ten. How do you feel about the Rams after two weeks? Because I have almost an indifferent view after what I've seen so far. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not sure what to make of this team. They look terrific, but it was against the Buffalo Bills, who are currently look like the class of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played well, really were dominating most of that game against Atlanta, but then it was a Jalen Ramsey play that kind of saved them at the end of the game. Uh, so I have some concerns, but we're going to find out. I think this game is going to be really crucial to both sides here against Arizona next weekend down in Glendale because both teams have, are coming off of a victory, both in different ways. One almost blew the game. The other one comes from behind in a game that was blown by their opponents. So I think this would be an interesting one for sure. Let's talk about that game. It's up to four now. I, I'm seeing some three-and-a-halves out there. That is an interesting number. Again, the Rams haven't gotten close. Well, they, they were covering for the majority of the game, and then they only end up winning by four last week. They were laying 10 in that game against the Falcons. Now they're giving four on the road. And, you know, we talk about, like, Miami not really having a home field advantage sometimes down there in South Beach. Is Arizona a true home field advantage in your estimation? And, and what do you make of that number here, getting four at home? Because that's yeah. tempting to me. I think it is. They do have good support there in Arizona. But um, the question is, can this Rams team, excuse me, this Cardinals team put it together consistently? Look, they struggled in four quarters against Kansas City at home. They really were non-existent for the first two and a half quarters against the Raiders. Yeah. And then they came alive in the fourth quarter and into overtime. But um, this is one I don't want to lay for on the road here. It seems like a little bit of a high number to me, but uh, I, I don't want to – I would back the Cardinals at the plus four, but I'm more looking at it from who's going to win or lose this game. Give a slight edge to the Rams, but don't say that with overwhelming confidence. I, th- I think the one other concern for the Rams right now just through these first two games, I think you're right, I'm all a little bit tough to take away what know what to take away from that week one game against the Bills. But the one thing you can kind of see from both games right now is outside of Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, it feels like there's not a lot of options that Matthew Stafford trusts. We really thought Allen Robinson coming in to this team was going to make a huge difference. We really haven't seen that much through the first couple weeks. I That's the one concern I kind of have with this team right now, that wide receiving core. Outside of that, though, I still believe that they're going to be the team to beat in the NFC West. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, though, Kelly. Like, you know, A-Rob had him in, in Chicago there for a number of years, and I get it. It was Mitch Trubisky. You know, it was Mike Lennon. I mean, it was, it was a bad quarterback era when he was there in Chicago. He finally has a quarterback. I know. Stuck I, in Jacksonville. Stuck in Chicago. That's now always he's got been, one. That's always been the, the, the kind of the bailout for A-Rob. I've never been a big guy and a proponent of that. Yes, he put up some numbers with some quarterbacks that we think are, are not that great. But now there really are no excuses. I'm not saying the Cardinals are in play at plus 650 to win this division. Because I do like the Niners now plus $1. forty. If you made me wager on it today, and I have not. I would have taken the Niners at the plus forty tag with Jimmy G. I actually feel the most confident about that. And you know why? I think I trust that defense the most yeah. out of any of these teams. I don't trust the Cardinals' defense. So I would long, agree with you there. Yeah, long view, I kind of like the Niners still at that plus price tag of forty. I think it's in play. And, and no disrespect to Seattle at 18-1. to But that's why the Niners were my best play last week was fading Seattle. I don't think their defense is particularly good. And the offense, you saw it last week, they – Geno Smith is not going to be the long-term answer. It's just not. I'm rooting for the guy, but I just don't see any of that playing out. Well, I thought it was a one game. It was a one-off. It was an aberration. And, uh, you know, we saw what happened there when this team came back down to earth in Santa Clara last weekend. Yeah, it didn't look pretty. Let's, let's shift the focus now to the other West, in the AFC West, the division of death. 
Because we just think these teams are going to beat up on each other each and every week. Look at where the Broncos' number is now. Plus 550. You could not have gotten that number this summer. And that's after a very disappointing week one loss to the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks by one. And they had two trips at the one-yard line, couldn't get it done. And then last week, as underwhelming a, a, a performance you can put up against the Texans in victory. What do you make of that market? The Chiefs back to the favorite. They were plus money most of the summer. And now at 2-0 after beating the Chargers, they're minus $1.10. The Raiders are about plus 650. Now they've drifted to 12-1 after starting off the season 0-2. How do you handicap this market? You know, I think it's tough to call because I think the Chargers are still right there. I would look at the Chargers at plus 225. The Chiefs have Buffalo coming up in a couple of weeks at home. But you still have to go back to Los Angeles. And I, you and I agreed last week. We thought that the Chargers were probably the better team in that game. Yes. And they allowed one to get away. Uh, so I think if you're the Chargers, you feel pretty confident. Excuse me. You look at the schedule at the Colts, at uh, Tampa, and then you've got the Bills at home. So it's not going to be easy when you look at it from a um, Kansas City standpoint. But these are going to be crucial games. And then at San Francisco as well. So um, they've got five games coming up. In the next five weeks, four of them we should say are really, really difficult, potentially, even the Raiders being a division opponent. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how things play. Can I, um, can I say something that might be taboo? Go ahead. Are the best years of Russell Wilson behind him? Well, I, I think so. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, just because I'm a big Russell Wilson fan and proponent, I don't think he's got great receivers also, though, right now in Denver either. But I think it's a combination of everything. New environment, new coaching, what uh, – just some of the mistakes we've seen with the clock management against Houston. So a lot of question marks still remain. So so you, maybe the onus could be more on Nathaniel Hackett than on Russell Wilson through two weeks. Look, I'm not saying that Russell can't turn it back to the guy we saw in Seattle sure. pre-injury, pre-finger. But remember, he's never received a vote for MVP. That That's astonishing in his career. Never got a vote, okay? We're expecting him to... We, the general public, is expecting Russell Wilson to be an MVP caliber quarterback. So far through two weeks, it has not meshed. To your point, it could be the receivers, could be the head coach. What would give us hope in the betting market to think that Russ will figure it out? Or is it really more on the coaching staff to figure it out? I think it's a combination of both. I don't think it's a singular thing. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think Denver, one of the things is sometimes we have a tendency, I know I'm guilty of this, you look at a team and you have a perception in your mind. This was my perception about Philadelphia. Well, Jalen Hurts isn't that good. Well, you know what? He might be better than I thought, which appears to be the case right now. So you kind of paint a picture of Denver being better than we thought. But you know what the reality is? Their record wasn't particularly good. Are no. they a particularly good team? That remains to be seen. So plus 550 to win the division. Look at the win total now. It's down to nine. Again, it's, uh, you can get plus money, plus an hour 20, yeah. to make the playoffs for the Broncos. And again, because it's the division of death, we, and because the AFC is much tougher than the NFC as a whole, would you bite at that number of making the playoffs at plus $1.20 for the Broncos versus plus five fifty to win the division? Yeah, I think when you look in the AFC right now, in the AFC North, you've got everybody at five hundred, and the AFC South, everyone's at five hundred or below. So it's still there for the team. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of like that plus money to make the playoffs yeah. more so than I would uh, maybe the win total and or to win the division. Come on back. We'll put a finishing bow on this edition of Big Bets here on these and the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special. Lace it up for week three with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance. We have those offers each and every Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football. Get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time during the game. Head to BetRivers.com. Download the BetRivers app. It is a whole new ballgame. Back alongside them all, Shaw, Dave Ross here. We're going to wrap up this edition of Big Bets here on VEASAN, but we do want to give you our pro tip for hour number two. And this is something you really do need to take into consideration when you're betting on narrative-driven awards, okay? So if you're going to look at the offensive player of the year market, per se, 
Our advice would be don't bet on the quarterbacks in the offensive player of the year. Bet on the quarterbacks in the MVP market. Because, Maul, it feels like now that with these voted on awards, MVP is almost strictly for quarterbacks, offensive player of the year almost strictly for non-quarterbacks. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. That's absolutely how it feels when you look at these uh, awards. It just seems like to me you don't get that much of an opportunity in the MVP if you're not a quarterback in the offensive player of the year. It's almost like, a hey, we're just going to segue from the quarterback to the other additional offensive players, wide receiver or running, uh, running back. So when you see two quarterbacks in the short list of offensive player of the year, and those guys would be Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, realize it's probably not, even though you think, wow, I'm getting a better number here uh, for offensive player of the year. That's probably not going to be the way we would go, and our advice would be stick to non-QBs for the Offensive Player of the Year. Stick to quarterbacks primarily for the MVP. That was our pro tip for hour number two. Do one each in every hour across the VEASAN spectrum. That means you're going to get to up to 20 of those a day. They're available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com where you can download them, or excuse me, you can sort them out by show or by sport. Okay, let's go ahead and stay in that market with voted on narrative-driven awards, okay? Because, again, you have to take that into consideration before you play some of these longer shots. And let's get right now to comeback player of the year, potentially in the NFL. Now, right now, I think you make a really strong case that Saquon Barkley is the leader in the clubhouse. I'd actually put him above Jameis Winston, even though their number is the same at 6-1. to one. Because, narrative-driven, Giants are 2-0. and oh. Saquon is back. He looks great. Jameis, not the best fourth quarter. Now, he's going to have our opportunity as a quarterback there to possibly win that award. That's why he's even money with Saquon at 6-1. to Brian Robinson Jr. Now, this is interesting. He's plus 650. Now, if you don't know his story in the offseason, you go, well, how can a rookie become back player of the year? Well, sadly, he was involved. He got shot a couple times in the leg in Washington, D.C., and all of a sudden, you go, my goodness, well, he's already behind the eight ball before he ever begins his NFL career. The reason why he's there at plus 650, it's, a, it's an incredible story. Right. If he comes back and plays this year, and we're, you're hoping he can, you hope he's okay, it's, it's been a very inspirational story. Uh, you wonder if the sympathetic voter out there goes, if Brian Robinson Jr. comes back and plays well for the commanders here for the rest of the year, that that sentimental story might not tip the voting his way. Yeah, but I, I just don't think he's going to be able to contribute in a level that's high enough. Look, this was a guy that was barely making the roster, so I just don't think I would place a bet on him. Okay, so he's at plus 650. McCaffrey at 7-1, they've been underwhelming so far, the Panthers offensively, in weeks one and two. That's yeah. to say the least. Matt rules, the seat's getting hot down there in Carolina. Derrick Henry at plus 750. Now, that would have been a logical choice because he's, you know, he's one of the, the best, if not the best running back in football when healthy. He goes out last year. The Titans still somehow get a number one seed. But now, all of a sudden, I'm seeing people say he's washed. And that, that offense looks terrible. In that market, Michael Thomas, I think, is playable at 10-1. to 1. I would agree with you, yeah. But he looks pretty good in his comeback. And Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have opportunity there with Patrick Mahomes. And there's A-Rob we talked about 20-1 to 1 with the Rams, not lighting it up. On that first page of the board, if you had to dip your toe into the comeback player of the year, who might you take that that chance on. I think there's three people. Saquon six to one, McCaffrey potentially at seven to one, but I wouldn't go there first. And then I would go Michael Thomas ten to one. Because I'm looking at guys that are going to put up numbers. And I think if you look at the receivers on this list, Smith Schuster, Robinson, and Thomas, Thomas is going to probably put up the best numbers. Barkley, uh, McCaffrey, and Henry. 
Now, McCaffrey's every bit as good, if not better, than Saquon, but the reality is he's not going to put up the same numbers uh, simply because their team is just not good. Right. You know, it's interesting, too, because we've talked about we earlier in this season here on Big Vets, we talked about opportunity and visibility. Saquon Barkley and the Giants, they're going to be playing the Cowboys in primetime next week. Yeah. That's a showcase, right? Like, yeah. I'm not saying Kirk Cousins' MVP tickets are dead, mm-hmm. but when you're put in the spotlight, these are narrative-driven awards. Right. All of a sudden, people go, oh, Kirk, he's done. Yeah. Right? Saquon, let's say he goes out and lights up the Cowboy defense. It's been very good through the first two weeks of the season. Let's say Saquon goes out there and puts up 100-plus Giants win. He has a tutty, and they go to 3-0. and All of a sudden, that's 6-1. to That won't be there next week. Right. You're absolutely right. So the opportunity, right, to perform in the big stages, and when you win in New York, it's different than, no, no disrespect, than winning in Houston, winning in Carolina. Right. It's just not the same when you win in the biggest stage. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not even close and um, right or wrong. It's just the way it works. Yeah. So, again, the opportunity Saquon's going to have of playing in the big city very quickly on Jameis. I don't think he's in play for MVP after what happened last week against the Buccaneers. We'll see a lot of football to be played because of the expectations of the Saints. Is he playable at six to one to say, all right, Jameis, we don't need you to be, you know, Heisman Trophy type guy for the state. We need you to be really good, better than you showed with all the turnovers you had in Tampa. Is he in play at 6-1? to one? I, I personally don't think, think so. I think his uh, odds should be higher, but at this point in time, they are what they are, and I, I just would not take him at 6-1. to one. All right, so those are the, the shortest numbers on the board here for Comeback Player of the Year, and again, we can't stress it enough. These are narrative-driven awards, so you have to kind of walk down Narrative Street with some of the way the voters and their perception – that they see, and certainly primetime does change right. those things. So take that into account. Uh, very quickly in the final time uh, minutes we have here on this edition of Big Bets, I know we've got some baseball games going on already. Is there anything that you like that hasn't uh, gone first pitch yet? No. Uh, you know, the one I was looking at, unfortunately the numbers moved from the overnight. It was seven on the Astros-Rays game with McClanahan going in this one here tonight, uh, down to six and a half. Wouldn't touch that one. Um, the other one's going to be an interesting game from a division standpoint is the White Sox and, of course, the Guardians mm. uh, cease going in this one against Savali. This is a must-sweep series for the White Sox. They're going to have any chance. They're four back in the loss column of the uh, Cleveland Guardians, so they're going to have to make a push. It's going to have to be right now. Yeah, that th- this feels like the game you got to get to start off on the good foot with cease. Right now, that under uh, seven, it is juiced to the over, rather, at minus dollar 25 in that one. I. You know, I know you like the run line a lot. Yeah. Cease right now, if you want to play the Sox in the run line, plus $1.30, is that the value play there instead of laying the $1.65? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that because I think the Guardians could potentially beat Cease. They've had success all year long against Chicago. Now, Cease has had a tremendous year, but still, to your point, Dave, why lay $1.65? And, yeah, you can get beat if the White Sox win the game by one run, but just over the long haul, it's going to be much more beneficial to you. And that, that, that's such a, a salient pro tip right there each and every day for betting baseball. You talked about it with the Dodgers and how their propensity is that when they win, they normally win by two or more. So in staying, instead of weighing the big numbers, you lose a couple of those big numbers. All of a sudden, your return on investment as the year goes on just gets cut because you've laid such a big number versus normally getting closer to even money on the Dodgers on, on the run line and or you get the rare instances that you get plus money, that's how you make a profit in long term. No question about it. Think about this one. This is minus 165, whereas if you were to bet 165 to win 100, here to win, to win $100, I mean, you're looking at betting like $77, $78. So the, the, the key there that we're trying to lay out there is 
yes, you're not going to hit those all the time. Correct. But the percentage is going to make your, your ROI better by playing more of those run, run lines at plus prices versus laying $1.65 in the case of the White Sox. No question about it. All right, very quickly, Blue Jays in Phillies today. You look at the Phillies here, they're a home dog, plus $1.10. Now, if you like the run line on the Blue Jays, you can get that up plus money at plus $1.40, that pregame total, 8.5. What do you make of this one today? Uh, this is a game where I think, you know, it's going to be a tough one here. A pretty decent uh, two teams going at it for postseason contention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really going to come down to the pitching, and I think that's what's so crucial in these matchups. Toronto's been inconsistent offensively, but Phillies have the same issue as well, so not a game I'm going to get involved in. Do you feel like now as these games, certainly with the playoffs on the horizon you mentioned for these two teams in particular, is it easier for the pitchers to shut down offenses because it gets more of that that playoff-type feel versus – Hitters out there, you know, mashing 3-0. They might be more off to, to, to take a base on balls uh, and try to start a rally that way. I think it's a great point you make, but I think it's for teams that are in contention. If you've got two teams, like let's say the Reds are playing the Pirates. They're I think, swinging. They're swinging. I think it's a different perspective. But I think for these teams right now, they've got a lot to play for. So I think they, they approach it a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. And again, those are things in your handicapping here in baseball as you come down the stretch. Realize the teams that are out of contention versus the teams that are playing for something. Every pitch matters. Yeah. The other side, maybe not so much. Uh, a lot of fun. I want to thank Randy Johnson for joining us. And, of course, Wes Reynolds for joining us in hour number one. Great job by Kelly. Amal, always a pleasure for the two-hour conversation, my friend. Uh, good luck with your bets tonight. Stay right here. The final countdown comes up next here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 